All right, if you would take your Bibles with me this morning and turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Pray the Lord's blessing upon His Word this morning. And as we open up our hearts, may we receive His Word. May we be ready to hear Him, receive His voice, and let it penetrate in our hearts. Deuteronomy chapter 6, the title of the message is, A Dedicated Home is a Happy Home. A Dedicated Home is a Happy Home. Deuteronomy chapter 6, look at verse 4. If you found your places. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Now notice the location of God's word, where it's at. Where is it? It's in thine heart. Verse 7, And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. Now look down at verse 20. And when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, What mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you? Then thou shalt say unto thy son, We were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and sore, upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, and upon all his household before our eyes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you, Father, for your great salvation and, Father, for your forgiveness of our sins. Lord, we ask that you just bless your word by your power. We pray for those who are not healthy and cannot be here and want to be here. Father, we pray that you'll just heal them. You know each need and each heart. You know each life that comes under the sound of my voice. Father, but may it be your word they hear. Father, may you penetrate them. May you show them the words of life. We'll give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So, one of the things that we see over and over in the word of God is the attention which we are to focus on the home. God began human existence in the context of a family. Before he ever formed a nation, before there was ever a church, there was a family. There was Adam and Eve and the family. God designed the family. He has designed the home. Not only that we should obey him and be thankful to the Lord, but that we should have fellowship with God in the context of our family. Not just the church, but our own homes. We should have fellowship with God. One of the biggest deceptions that Satan is sowing, and we see it all over the place, is that a home that is dedicated to God is not a happy home. That's one of the biggest lies, and we know from the word of God that Satan is the author of all lies. 
He would like nothing better to destroy you. Even if you are a child of God, he wants to destroy your home life. He wants to destroy your joy, your peace. He wants to make you as miserable as he can. But we see that that is the biggest lie there is because actually the opposite is true. There is no real true happy home unless it is dedicated to the Lord. And so we see that but the first place in Deuteronomy that we see where are we to have the Lord first and foremost? Before we have God in our homes, we must have him in our hearts. And that's what he says here. That in verse 5, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. The location of God's words and his presence should be in our hearts continually. Not just when we step into church, but when we step away from church, when we're at Walmart, when we're shopping, when we're at home, that the Lord's presence continually abides in our hearts. The Lord's words continually abide in our hearts. So turn over to Joshua. We're going to have a couple different places we're going to look at this morning. And Joshua, it's not too far away. It's Joshua judges Ruth. Turn with me to Joshua chapter 22. And we're going to see how this is established. Joshua chapter 22 through 24 is a farewell message by Joshua. And he comes to this point in chapter 24 of Joshua. Look at verse 14. Joshua chapter 24, verse 14. Let me get there myself. So here's Joshua giving a farewell address. He says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve you the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. Now, this is just a part of Joshua's farewell address, but if you come back into chapter 22, he kind of begins this farewell, and it's a very common. We see many farewell addresses through the Word of God, and there's always a commonality with it. It's continue to be faithful to the Lord. You know, think about your farewell address, and those who are children of God, what your farewell address would be. It's continue to be faithful to the Lord, and He'll bless you. If you haven't been faithful, start. And if you turn away, you know, it's kind of the blessing and the curse. Uh, you will have a miserable, you will have a miserable life if you turn away from the Lord. And that is the farewell address. That's the farewell message that he continues to give. But in chapter 22, look at verse 2. So he's talking to Reuben. Gadi, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh from verse 1. And he said unto them, 
Ye have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and have obeyed my voice, and all that I commanded you. Ye have not left your brethren these many days unto this day, but have kept the charge of the commandment of the Lord your God. And now the Lord your God hath given rest unto your brethren, as he promised them. Therefore now return ye, and get you into your tents, and unto the land of your possessions, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side of Jordan. But take diligence, he to do the commandment and the law, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you to love the Lord your God, and to walk in all his ways, and to keep his commandments, and to cleave unto him, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. What a, a mighty farewell message. And I was, my parents gave me a farewell message. And, and I planned to give my children a farewell message. There was one time uh, Mariana had recorded me and just kind of, we just want to get you on tape if anything, you know, happens or anything, just some final thoughts. And, you know, it wasn't that kind of morbid, but uh, because I had done the same thing with mother and I always appreciated that the Lord moved me. I was, mother was getting there close towards the end and I just took a pen and some paper and just started writing down things that I had always taken for granted, uh, like landmarks and places and things in her life. And, and it, the farewell message that we see Joshua give them is the same one that we as children of the Lord know how precious the presence of God is in our life. There's, there's nothing greater. You know, and as I want to say, you know, if you love me, listen to my advice, because I love you. I am not going to leave you wisdom on how to become rich in this life. I'm not going to leave you ways to become popular or different ways that, that you can maneuver this life. But here, here's the thing. I love you so much, I want you to have a lasting joy in your life long after I'm gone. Because, here's the thing, the joy of the Lord is forever. And He will continue, even though I cannot. You need to have Him. He's the living water when you're thirsty. He's the real shelter of the storms of your life. When you don't have me to be a shelter, he's the real shelter. He's the real bread of life. It is him. I love you so much, I know what you need the most. You don't need me to leave you $200 million. You need to hear what I'm saying. Love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. Joshua said, choose this day choose. You know, as a child, I didn't have a lot of choices. Um, I didn't have a choice to go to church. I had to go to church. I didn't have a choice to go to school. I had to go to school. I didn't have a choice to obey my parents. I had to obey my parents, or I got the consequences of disobeying my parents. But as a man, as April and I were married, we had the choice. We weren't compelled to do it either way, and we chose that day to dedicate our home, our lives, our marriage unto the Lord. And that is what Joshua is saying. You have a choice today. 
If you already have, stay faithful. Stay the course. Continue. Look at the blessings of God. And that's what he's saying to Reuben and to Gad and to Manasseh. He's saying continue. But be aware of the snares and the traps and the things. Don't be off your guard. God will put you in a place of rest. But that doesn't mean that you can be lazy. There's always things. Devil's always trying to attack. We've got to put on the armor of God. But continue in the Lord. But if you haven't, if you haven't dedicated your home, your life, if you've not loved the Lord, you've not put him in your heart, that know that you're in for a miserable life. That's the warning. That's the warning that God will give you. I mean, look at the way uh, Satan has attacked the family already. 85% of those that um, are criminals, didn't they came from a fatherless home. Or they came from a dysfunctional family. And here's the thing, is the whole family needs to come under the scriptures. And, you know, April and I, we decide, you know what? We, we bought the plaque, and, you know, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord there in, that we just read, Joshua 24, 15. Now, that plaque doesn't make it true, but it, as we walk by it, it reminds us of the commitment which we made to the Lord. And God has a design and a plan and a pattern for a happy home. That's it. He designed it. He created it. He wrote the script. You ever watched a show where every actor has a different script? Or they're just making up their own script? How many families are out there that just are living by their own scripts? There's no harmony in the home. There's no balance. There's no love. There's no unity. There's fighting. They're not coming under the same script. And that script is the design of God. But here's the thing. Choose you this day. Nobody's forcing you. I'm not forcing you to go to church. I'm forcing you. Uh, because here's the thing. is Your home. And that's what it says. is Unless... The builder is God. Unless God builds a home, the laborers build the home in vain. Now, he goes on to talk about the continuance, the choose. Uh, Jesus had said that if a house be divided, it cannot stand. Now, we know in the context of that, in Mark chapter 3, he was talking about the Holy Spirit versus uh, they were accusing him of, of having the devil. And, but he said that a house divided against itself cannot stand. So also the truth that he's taught, teaching in Mark is not so much here, but the principle applies here. A house divided against itself cannot stand. So, you know, and also that's, I wanted to get into that a little bit. Um, April and I, when we, uh, now this whole thing isn't about April and my successes. You ask my children, we're not perfect. We're, you know, we wanted, wanted to do better. We wanted to be more faithful, and, and all of us are sinners. And my children will testify that I'm a sinner, and actually, that's preferred by me because I need my children to see that I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm not a self righteous person you can't ever live up to that I fail, 
I fall short of the glory of God. They need to see a mom and dad that's humble before the Lord and in repentance, asking the Lord to forgive and knowing that only he is worthy. He is only the one who's fulfilled the law. None of us can fulfill the law. But you ask the, the children, like I said, it's not something that uh, I'm bragging about, but it is something that we chose we particularly chose. We had to choose. Listen to me. You have to choose. You have to. That's what Joshua said. Choose you, whatever you want to do. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And Joshua had to take his eyes off of what everybody else in society was doing. He had to be committed. He had to resolve himself. Now, here's the thing is... We had a housewarming party and a dedication, and, and uh, Dad at that time was the pastor and prayed, and, and the same thing with the children. We brought the children, each one as newborns, each one we brought the church, and we brought it, and the pastor prayed over the baby throughout the church. Now, here's the thing. There is no, and this is kind of a side note, but I want to get this out there because there's a lot of confusion, not maybe amongst us, but out there in the world. There are no special graces when there is a baby dedication. The Word of God does not teach of a grace that you can give babies, that a God is going to give the baby an elevated grace, either making the church a proxy or making a person a proxy, like a godfather. That's not in the scriptures. That comes from Constantine. That comes from pedo-baptism. That comes from the, the Catholic infant baptizing. There's nothing, there's only in the word of God, there's only taught believer's baptism. That's it. Now, there's definitely no baby dedications. So when April and I brought our children up, we were asking the pastor at the time, could you please pray that the Lord would grant us to be faithful in dedicating our family, dedicating our homes, dedicating our lives to bring up our children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. In the exact same way, if I could pick up my house and bring it to the church and put it in my pastor's hand, the same dedication, the same one. We dedicate our homes, and we dedicate our children. We dedicate aspects of our life. And that is very important to, to, to remember. Jacob even charged his family in Genesis 35. He says, Then Jacob said to his household, And that all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you. Be clean, change your garments, and let us arise and go to Bethel. Now here's the thing that we need to ask ourselves in chapter 24. Uh, come back to verse 15. When he says, choose you this day whom you will serve, ask yourself, is my home his home? Is my home his home? The charge to them was not just to love the Lord and serve the Lord, but to remove the false gods out of their homes and out of their land. Here's the test. You don't have to tell somebody you love the Lord. If you come to my house, you're going to notice some things. You're going to notice that I love the guitar. 
and you're going to notice that I love humor. I like to be silly ever so often. There's things I love, music. And you'll notice right away that April loves camping. <laughs> you walk into the garage, you're going to see a big camper. Uh, you're going to notice that April loves shoes and person. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm joking, honey, I promise. But you're going to notice things of our lifestyle around us. I'm not going to have to tell you that I love those things because they're evident. They're in my home. Now, that's not saying go get pictures and plaques. And here's the thing that I think that some people go way too far on the other side. I'm not against wearing, you know, Jesus shirts and things of that nature. Not at all. But a lot of people believe as long as I have this shirt on, that's who I am. There's no change on their inside. They think as long as they can wear it or as long as they can hang it, that's who they are. But that's really far from who they are. Remember the first thing we saw before you can dedicate your home before you can have the Lord's present in your home he must be in your heart and in your life that's the first place that he must be but the influence of a godly home will transcend down to your children you know and the message as we raise children grandchildren or inside your home or whoever comes to visit your home uh, my prayer one day is that one day they too will make God, once they leave, God will be the God of their home. You know, there's plaques that um, I ordered one, and Jesus is the head of our home. He's the silent guest at every dinner, and he's a silent listener to every conversation. He's, Christ is the head of our home. Um, you know, some of the things that mom left me, and, and you all know I'm endeared to my mother. I love my mother. She, she left so many wonderful things, but the best thing she ever left me was her constant testimony of how much she loved the Lord. Her constant testimony, because that speaks to me. Because though her presence isn't with me anymore, it made me see that God's presence is always there and how much she loved him. And no matter what the sacrifice or whatever was going on. And that's the thing that the charge to them uh, that Joshua gave to the children of Israel that love the Lord, put his presence in your home, and there is nothing in your life where you should turn to the left or turn to the right. Actually, um, he actually says that. Come back, chapter 22. Actually, chapter 23, look at verse 5. And there's a verse in here that I really love. Uh, chapter 23, verse 5. And the Lord your God, he shall expel them from before you and drive them out of your sight. Now, he's talking about the blessings of God. Committing your heart, your life, and your home to God. And ye shall possess their land as the Lord your God hath promised unto you. Be ye therefore very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that ye turn not aside therefore to the right or to the left, that ye come not among these nations, these that remain among you, neither make mention of the name of their gods, 
nor cause to swear by them, neither serve them, nor bow yourselves unto them. Now, as you commit your homes and your heart and your life and your children unto the Lord, you have chosen that he, that your home will serve the Lord, there's going to be a lot of attacks against your home. There's going to be a lot of enticements and traps that are out there. And Joshua says that there should never, ever be a reason why you forsake God. There will never be a temptation. There will never be something that happens to you so bad that you would turn to the right or that you would turn to the left, that you would turn and forsake God. There's nothing. Nor there is no too great a temptation in your heart or in your life that you should turn. But verse 8, look at this. When these things come, strengthen your resolve. Verse 8, But cleave unto the Lord your God, as ye have done unto this day. For the Lord hath driven out from before you great nations and strong. But as for you, no man hath been able to stand before you unto this day. I love this verse. Remember this verse. One man of you shall chase a thousand. <laughs> For the Lord your God, he it is that fighteth for you, as he hath promised you. Take good heed therefore unto yourselves that ye love the Lord your God. This morning we sang victory in Jesus. One of you will be able to chase a thousand if the Lord's with you. There's nothing that's going to be too great that's going to overcome you in your life. Be courageous. Be of good cheer is what Jesus says. That's what that means. Be of good cheer. Do not let the darkness overspread. Do not let fear overcome you in your life. Joshua says, I'm, I'm leaving. All of these farewell speeches are so similar. I'm leaving. But the Lord who loves you, he's here. And he's the real refuge for strength. He's the real one. And because I love you, I want you to make sure you take my words seriously today. I know usually I joke. I know usually I kid. I know usually I, I talk in metaphors. I'm not talking in metaphors. Choose today to make God the God of your home. Invite him in. Bring him in. Church should not stop at church. That we should worship the Lord at home. That is the key to a happy home. That's the key because God has designed the home. When you obey the Lord, what did Adam and Eve do? They obeyed the Lord, they had harmony, and they had fellowship with God. Do you think they were depressed? No. They were fulfilling the design which God had created, the family. Listen, take it to heart, the warnings which are in the word of God. If you're going to play by your own script in your family, you're going to ruin it because sin ruins it. Because sin is selfishness. Sin is suspicion. Sin is unfaithfulness. Sin is all of those things and, and your paranoia. But we see the Lord give us a recipe for a healthy, happy home in many other places that we have more time to go through. But uh, there's two more things. Uh, well, write down, we're, we don't have time to turn there, but Psalm 128, 1 through 6 says, Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, happy shalt thou be. And in Psalm 127, 1, it says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. 
Um, there's two other places in 2 Samuel. Now, last week we had talked about Samuel's sermon. We talked about the Ark of the Covenant. And in 2 Samuel chapter 6 is when David decides to go and get the Ark. Now, if you were, I know if you probably don't remember last week, but the Ark of the Covenant was stolen by the Philistines. It was put up in their false god temple. And how the people of Israel lamented over the presence of of God, that they repented of their sins, they repented of their wickedness. Samuel prayed for them, and then here comes King David in 2 Samuel chapter 6, and he goes with 30,000 people, that's more than what Ruparina can hold, uh, to go get the ark. And so he's going to get the ark, and then they put it on a new cart, and that's where Uzzah had touched the cart, and God had struck Uzzah dead, and David was afraid. And he said, you know what, um, let's put the ark and we're going to take it to, now have you ever heard of Obedidim? Obedidim was a Levite. And David had Obedidim, the Levite, keep the ark of the covenant in his house for three months. And what happened to Obedidim? Well, the Lord richly blessed. It says it, he richly blessed Obedidim and all that pertaineth to him, and all his house. Everybody in the house was blessed because the ark was there. Can you imagine waking up in the morning and going down to the living room, and there's the ark of the covenant in your house? What happened was the presence of God was in the house of Obedidim. Today we have the word of God. Today we can put the presence of God in our house. Do I do it perfectly? No. Do I wish I had done it better throughout my life? Absolutely. And if you're honest, so do you. I wish I had done more. I wish I had been a better dad. I've been a better uh, uh, testimony to my children. But here's the thing is uh, you must make the choice to strive to do it, to bring the Lord into your house, to raise him up, to make him the head of your home. Um, you can do it with you know, plaques and things to help you remind you of who you are. But the Lord bless Obedidim. That was one kind of ark, the Ark of the Covenant. And we can go into all the types so that we're in the ark, that he represents Christ. The Ark of the Covenant represents Christ. What was the other ark? Noah's ark. That also represents Christ. And Noah obeyed God. You know, God had given Noah specific instructions how to build the ark. And in Hebrews chapter 11, you don't have to turn there. I know I'm going kind of quickly. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7 says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Noah made a choice to obey God's instructions to build this ark to the saving of his house. He did all he could. He listened to the Lord. Now here's the one thing. Is the ark is the type of Christ. Noah's ark is the type of Christ. He's the refuge. And that's the one thing that I wish we could do that we can't do is somehow force the ones that we love to be saved. You know, and... That is something that we pray. That's something that God has to do. All we can do is be obedient 
and build what God has instructed us to build. And that's a place. That is your home. He has given the instructions. Ephesians chapter 6, look at how the husband's to act. Look how the wife is to act. Look how the children are to act and to behave. But we are to bring in the presence of the Lord. Noah couldn't, you know, God brought the animals into the ark and God had shut up Noah's family into the ark. And we know that, again, that is a type of Christ. But may we also, of our homes, build a refuge, build a place that we know that when our children come, God is honored here. God is the head of this house. He is the one that we worship. He is the Lord. You know, and just as your prayer is with your children and, and as you leave, hopefully... They don't just have a sign in their house, but they have a resolve in their heart to love the Lord their God with all their heart, all their soul, all their mind. That they may know that the best home, the happy home, is the one which the Lord has built. The one which you dedicate to the Lord and that you bring in. His words and his presence shall be in thine heart. That's what Deuteronomy chapter 6 said. And then it later says, your kids are going to ask you, what meaneth all these things? What meaneth this dedication? Why do we pray? And the Lord uh, will bless that home. And then not only will, you know, you have a farewell message, but I pray the Lord gives them a farewell message. That they see just the value of life. They see that it's, if, if the Lord is not the Lord of your life, it's, it's not worth it. It's vanity, as Solomon said. It's, it's vexation of spirit. It's chasing the wind. Uh, a happy home and a happy life is one that has dedicated your home to the Lord. Um, whom do you serve? Whom do you serve? The choice is today. You know, Joshua made it very clear that if you have been serving the Lord, you're blessed. Think about how God has blessed you in your life. Think about how God has not failed you in your life. And that's what he said. He gave a history lesson. Right before he, right before he died, he gave a history lesson to Israel. Remember how the Lord rescued us, brought us out of bondage, how he saved us, how he's been faithful to us, how he loves us, how he's never failed us, he's never forsaken us. Do you remember that? Those are the blessings of the Lord. We are to be faithful, to love him with all our heart, soul, and mind, to serve him, to keep him in our hearts and in our homes, and the Lord will continue to bless him. But if you turn to the left or to the right, know that the Lord will not bless you. And then many of times we see the Lord, whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and he brings him back. He brings him back with one way or the other. But I pray the Lord has richly blessed you. And as we look at all the attacks from the outside that are coming into our homes, may we just continue to stand fast on the Lord and on His Word. His words are everlasting and everlasting. When we're all gone, His words will endure. And they are the words of life. 
And so let us lean upon those. Let's pray for one another and lift each other up. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, we do pray for your mercy upon us. Thank you, Father, for the ones who are here. Lord, if you have spoken to any hearts, Father, we ask, Lord, that you would just energize and by your power bring change. Lord, it's not philosophy that brings your power of change, but it's your word that you work with your Holy Spirit in their lives. Father, may you show them, Father, that there is no life apart from you. There is no joy, sustaining joy in this life apart from you. There's no shelter from harm. There's no hope and despair apart from you. We love you, Lord, and we wait upon you to be gracious to those whom we love. And Father, those who are under the sound of my voice, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, if I ask Brother Richard and Sister Harriet if you...